Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as ever by my friend, partner, and the CEO and founder of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, today we're going to talk about what will probably be a pretty touchy subject and one that I think, you know, in the discussions that we've had with founders can, can get fairly, uh, fairly heated, fairly confrontational. And not everybody agrees on this one, and we both have our own personal experiences with it. But it's about how transparent should we be with our staff as founders? You know, when does it make sense to share every little thing that's happening in our startup? And when is it probably a good idea just to kind of keep things a little closer to the chest? I remember you telling me a story fairly recently around a time where, you know, this is many moons ago, but where you were called out for not being transparent enough by one of your staff at the time. And, and I think it illustrates this, this really nicely. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because having done this long enough, you actually go through like whole generations of founders that you've worked with, you know, who are like, you know, really far in their career and kind of early in their career. And this particular one that was working on our team was super smart guy, but kept complaining, as you were saying, that we weren't always telling everybody everything that was happening, that we weren't telling yeah. the full version of the truth, you know, maybe where fundraising stood or maybe how much cash we had left in the account, things like that. And with that, there's always a bit of an implication that you're hiding something nefarious. Right. Right. And to be fair, that sometimes does happen, right? Yeah. But it's <laughs> we have some never recent examples of that. <laughs> you're not telling us enough. And the information's probably good, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's always implying that in some way or another, you're harming us. And, and, I, and I, I understood that feeling, okay? So I got it. But I said, look, here's the deal. There are certain things that either I'm not ready to share yet, or I don't think it's appropriate to share. And, sure. and he vehemently disagreed. Now, yep. to be fair, he'd also never run a company before. Yep. But to his credit, he then, on, <laughs> lo and behold, went on to go run another company. Which is awesome. As you know, that's the thing we're most proud of here when people graduate our company and go run another one. We've got a long list of folks who've done it. And so lo and behold, a few years later, he and I are talking and uh, he just starts laughing. And he said, I got to tell you something. I went into this new startup trying to really be fully transparent with everybody. You know, I, I shared yeah. the bank account balance. I basically shared all yep. the stuff that you didn't just share. full open kimono exactly how I was feeling, exactly, you know, what I thought, uh, how, th how things were going to turn out. To your point, open kimono. And I said, how'd that go? He said, it was a disaster. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Here's the tricky thing. I, I think what a lot of founders don't realize, kind of like maybe new parents don't realize, is you don't get to share everything, your feelings, your full understanding of the situation, et cetera, exactly as you see it every time you see it. And here's why, and we'll, go, we'll, we'll really unpack this, but at its core, no one else is going to understand things the way you do. You're, you'll give them a version of how you see it, you'll try to explain it, but they don't have the entire backstory or the context or right. get this, the own personal history in their lives to understand how these things work. So to them, everything is doom and gloom. Here's an example, Ryan. If the government 
actually told us everything that was going on every day, the number of threats to our uh, society, <laughs> the number of awful things that, that didn't come back to us, yeah. we'd be even more terrified than we are. Exactly. We are, right? yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not going to build a case for secrecy. I'm trying to build a case for how founders balance transparency with honesty. Yeah, and, and it's a fine line to walk, right? But, but as you said, not everybody processes things the same way. Not everybody has the same context. Not everybody has the same knowledge level. And, and I often find that, you know, when you, you can always tell when transparency has gone too far. When you start getting people who have no real interest in a particular outcome in a particular situation, by which I mean it's not part of their remit, it's not part of, of their goals, you know, personally within the company. It's not something they're responsible for. And all of a sudden, their head is spinning with trying to come up with solutions for this, right? It just ends up being a, a huge distraction in a lot of cases. This is one of many indications that transparency has gone a little too far when all of a sudden, like, you know, let me just use an example. Uh, you've got the intern coming and telling you what they think about your fundraising strategy, right? Right. Right. N nothing wrong with that person having an opinion on that. However, have they ever raised funds before? Probably not. Do they have, you know, some some hidden wealth of knowledge that it, is it necessary, right? And does it just distract them from what they're supposed to be doing, which is making copies or coffee or whatever it is? Not in a startup. We get them cool jobs. But <laughs> I think that's where you you really can you, one of the ways where you really feel like you've crossed the line is when you start to get people worked up and worried about things that aren't their responsibility to worry about. Or they don't have the context to understand how to worry about them. I mean, right. I think as founders, we don't realize it's our job to basically process some of this information for them. And in their best interest, by the way. Again, we're not making a case against giving people information they need to know. We're yes. making a case that says... There are lots of different versions of how you can present information, including things like how you feel personally, including things like, you know, what the probability of something, a funding round or a big sale going through, how you feel about other people in the company. There are a million things that you have opinions and feelings on, and you're sort of not okay with sharing them. Ryan, I'll give you an example. If we were to do a mock Zoom call right now, right? <laughs> And we got everybody. In I'm the in two actual Zoom. Zoom calls while we're doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm multitasking like. No. Right <laughs> but but imagine for a minute, right? I, I I opened up or you opened up with a uh, with a quick update company wide on Zoom. Right, I've got like 200 people in the company, so everybody gets on Zoom, and it looks something like this. Hey, everybody! You know, good to see you all on Zoom. So my quick update is this. We don't know if we've got enough runway to make it to our next funding round. We're kind of sort of out of money. And uh, I'm getting a lot of personal emails from folks saying they don't see the vision anymore and they're kind of thinking about jumping ship. And you know, personally, I really don't think this was the right decision for me or my family. So uh, who wants to lead the OKR updates? <laughs> <laughs> we all know, yeah, we, we, you can, I can see it in Slack right now. I, you said Zoom, but yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like just one by one, that grid getting smaller and smaller. Oh my the faces God, right? Just disappearing one, one after the other. Everyone has left this chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, that's how this ends. But you know, but you bring up an interesting point there. Just within that, within that example that you gave, thinking about something like runway. Now, it, you gave a very extreme runway in which you you said like, I don't know if we have enough runway to make it to our next funding round. But a lot of people don't have context for what that means 
at all, and we forget that, right? We could say, imagine this in chat where there's absolutely no intonation or no emotion to this whatsoever. We have one year of runway remaining, right? Right. Now, if you have no context for what that means, you could perceive that as being negative or positive, right? If three weeks before that, you, the update was, we have two weeks of runway remaining, and now it's, we have one year of runway remaining, that's a hell of a good thing, right? But if you don't have context for that, you could interpret that any way you want. And so I think that that's the, you know, you've, you've said it a couple times, but I'm going to say it again in a slightly different way. When you bring transparency, make sure you bring context as well, right? Otherwise, you know, with just that single data point, people can run all over the place with it. It's counterproductive and it can create, you know, anguish or false hope or, uh, you, know, you know, make people scared without reason. There's all sorts of bad things that go on when you give information and no context. But here's the thing, Ryan. It's mostly bad stuff. In other words, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at, at the beginning, in the fundamental yeah. formative age, uh, stages of a startup, we deal with mostly bad stuff, right? We deal with running out of money. Every startup is perpetually running out of money. Like there's yeah, actually no other time. version <laughs> for a long time. We deal with employee turmoil. How could you not? You just put a whole bunch of people who've never worked together in a room slammed together at the same time and told them to work beautifully together. It just doesn't work. I mean, of course you're going to have consternation there. And you name it. Everything about what we do is a total disaster, right? And so if we were to be transparent, even if I didn't know what your startup did, I could probably come up with five categories of why your startup's a total disaster right now. Yeah, and it'd be accurate. Yeah, right, because that's just the way it goes. What we don't have the luxury of doing as founders and leadership is saying, oh, God, this is all horrible, right? Our job is to say, yes, this is horrible, or, you know, yes, this is challenging, but here's how we fix it, right? right. Here's our, our path forward. Right. right. See, you're talking about a little bit here about honesty versus optimism, right? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that you're, you're, you're right. Like, we have to inform, but we have to do it in a way that it can be received as positively as possible, right? We, we'll probably say this three times. We're not, advocate, we're not advocating for lying here, right? We're not saying, you know, hide things from your team, but we're saying be mindful in, in how you do this and how it's going to make them feel. There's another side to this too, as we dig into kind of why this is important, and that's how it feels to the founder when we're not able to be as open or as honest. You know, you, you talked about at the top where there we have lots of personal feelings, we have lots of emotions about this, we have lots of things that we would probably love to just get off of our chest, but that can also be a very selfish act. Right? If it creates consternation, if it creates uh, derision, if it creates confusion or, or just outright fear and, and fleeing, you haven't done anybody any favors. Right? So always have to have this balance between being honestly optimistic and, and sort of being able to be as truthful as we need to as founders without ruining the mission. Right? Because you can also very, very easily do that by just positioning the same thing in the wrong way, right? I think we've, we've provided some examples before where, you know, you take a look at the two versions of the same, the same uh, uh, 
question, right? Or let's, let's talk about like maybe somebody's thinking about joining a startup, right? And, and you've laid this out before, right? Joining, here's version A, right? And this is just pure honesty. Joining the startup is going to be the hardest job you'll ever have. Um, you're probably going to wonder um, if you're going to be employed by the end of the year, maybe even the end of the month. Um, you'll have zero certainty about how your compensation will ever pan out or what your career path looks like. And the company itself will statistically be out of business within a few years. Right? <laughs> Employee has left the building. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, let me uh, tear up the job offer. Um, Version B, where we apply some optimism um, and, and, and the same facts. What same pitch? Joining the startup will, yeah, same, same, same thing. Joining the startup is going to be the most challenging job you'll ever have. Your role will constantly evolve while we shape the product and the company. You've got nearly unlimited upside on your compensation, and the company itself has a shot at being a unicorn in this space, right? Now, both can be true. You just right? described the same company. That's the yes. craziest thing. That's the thing, right? It's the same. It's the same. It's the same company. One, one allows for the possibility of success. The other one kills it before it even starts. Correct. So honesty versus optimism. Exactly. Part of it too is, it's not that we can't say the challenge in front of us is difficult. It's backing that up with why we're going through it, right? Yeah. You know, you know, having uh, an excitement. For example, every single sergeant, general, etc., in the military that had to lead his troops into almost certain death, didn't open up that victory speech with, you know, we're all going to die in the most horrific way on this beach right now, right? He talked about God and country and freedom and all these things that, right. that, that gave people the optimism to do something honestly truly heroic, right? Yeah. The way a coach brings his team out into the field and says, look, we're, this is going to be the hardest game we've ever played. But the stakes yep. are high, you know, our, our reputation's at stake, and, and we're victors. You know, we're going to succeed, even if it's the, you know, the, the hardest game he's ever going to play. In both cases, he's not being dishonest. He's driving people toward a goal with, with the, the version of, of, the, of the truth that he thinks will get the job done. And Correct. I don't think that's being dishonest. I think being dishonest is when you're literally deceiving people, right? Yes. When you're saying, hey, everything is great, uh, you know, we're awesome, knowingly that you're not going to make payroll next week, right? Like, that, that's right. a yeah, very different discussion. Go back to the version A, version B thing again, right? Like, or, or let's do it this way. Here, What's in my head? We're out of money. I have no solution for how we're going to get more money. I'm not going to be able to make payroll, and I just want to go hide in a closet somewhere. What I say... Guys, um, we just need to, you know, stay heads down. Uh, tough times, but like uh, we're 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 gonna be fine. Um, everything's okay. You know, just uh, credit. You know, stay in your lane and just you know keep grinding, and everything's gonna be all right. Right? That's not okay. Right? It's not okay to have this level of dissonance between what's actually you know what the reality of the situation is or how you feel about the situation and the information you deliver. Right? There's, there's this is a, that's lying versus optimism. Right? We we can't do that. As Agreed. Just can't do that. You know what's been really effective for me over the years, and, and I've I've really, I think, used this to better effect, is that I say, let me show you the way I'm seeing things. Let me give you yes. the data as I see it, but let me explain to you how I'm processing it. And Ryan, I'll give you a great recent example. When COVID hit, yeah, right. This this yep. was exactly that. We sat down. And we said, look, a lot of things are going to go sideways for us. Right. We have to circle the wagons right now. And I remember I was talking about that. And I said, hey, look, I've been through this before. I was through, you know, crisis like this. 
in the financial crisis in you know mid two thousands. I was definitely in this with the, the dot com bust. I said uh, when things like this happen, everything gets gnarly really fast. And so we said we've got to talk to our staff, most of which has never even seen the first crisis before. And so what we did, and this is this speaks to exactly what we're talking about, is we wrote a series of updates. And the updates went something to this effect. I wish I had them in front of me so I could read them off. But they went something to this effect. Things are about to get gnarly. Everyone, again, I've been through this before, so I I understand how this goes, right? Everyone's going to be running for the hills. We are not. Our focus right now is going to be getting X, Y, and Z done. That's all our focus needs to be. Yep. And and we we basically repeated that, that context every single week. And what I would say in, in each of the updates thereafter, we'd say some version of, yes, we understand what's happening. We understand what the consequences are. We understand where things have been terrifying. That said, here's what we plan on doing about it. And we feel confident that our plan can work. Now, here's what we didn't know. We had no idea how severe COVID would get. We had no idea how much of an impact it would have on our business. And we had no idea how long it would last. Yeah, nobody did. Yeah, we didn't try to say COVID's great and it's not affecting us at all. You know, let's pretend it didn't happen. We faced the facts dead on and we said, and here is exactly what we're going to do to motor through this. And it worked. And and, and I think, Ryan, I think what worked and what I'm proud of in that communication, and we got a lot of positive feedback, frankly, was that we didn't sugarcoat it. No, not at all. Right? Right. But that doesn't mean that we didn't apply some optimism to it either, right? Those aren't the same things. Agreed. And look, optimism is also a way forward, right? If you're leading anything, you can't lead with pessimism. If you plan on achieving a goal, you can't start with we're all going to (laughs) die. It doesn't work like that, right? And so here's another distinction, right? I think that for a lot of founders, especially those that are leading for the first time, and have maybe historically been subordinate in some capacity, you know, earlier on to their parents and teachers and, uh, and later on to employers. And I think they, they're used to the fact that they can just say how they feel because it's often a consequence of one, just themselves. Correct. What they don't understand when they become a leader is that changes. If, if I come in and say, I'm terrified, I don't know what I'm going to do, I'm thinking about curling up in the fetal position and crying, I'm responsible for all the people that that message affects. Yeah, and, and it will have a profound impact on everyone. Yeah, and, and, and so I feel like at some level, personal transparency where people are just like, hey, I'm going to just tell you exactly how I feel and you process it for how you will is not only a luxury that I don't think a lot of founders get, I also think it's a liability that I don't think a lot of founders appreciate the consequence yeah. Of those feelings. No, there, there is. There's a real cost to it. When I see people posting, you know, full transparency and everything on Facebook, the first thing I think to myself is, must be nice. And I say that not, not in a, a negative way, like I'm angry. I mean, I'm literally appreciative because I can't run around telling people exactly how I feel. Yeah. I, I'd like to. That, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till someday I can. But I can't because the way I feel doesn't necessarily create the best outcome for our company. And I have a responsibility for that. Yeah. And again, like 
what, what you, yeah, and again, what you share can actually dictate that outcome, right? Depending yeah, on what and when you share, it has a real consequence. Um, it can actually, it can actually stop outcomes from happening, right? And again, we can't be dishonest about these things, but if we are in that moment where it's like, you know, I, I need, I need everybody to be aware of this, but to the level to which they're aware and how I describe what we're going to do about it makes all the difference between whether people will be motivated and we actually have a chance at doing that or we don't. That's what gets really interesting about this for me is that the honesty can either enable or disable, and it, right, so you can actually make yourself a liar by positioning it wrong, right? Simply by, if, if, again, if you lead with some pessimism, but you still lay out the plan, you may have just demotivated everybody to the point where you're not going to be able to get there, right? So you've now Absolutely. told them we're going to go accomplish something, but we're not going to be able to do it now simply because of how you've positioned the context you did or didn't give and the way you couch the information, right? And it's a really fine line, and there are literally thousands of variants of how this plays out within the startup company. Um, and so, I, unfortunately, I don't have a great answer for how to get this right every time, it's really more around make sure that you're giving it due diligence and consideration before you open the books, before you open the kimono, before you start to go full on honesty. I mean, like, I, I think one of the other things, and you know, we, we draw a lot of comparisons to social media and we talk about the fact that, you know, like using social media as your barometer for anything is really dangerous. One of these places where we started to see a lot of this transparency were, was from you know people who are making their money by being social media influencers. I want everybody to remember for a minute that yes, that is a career, and yes, it can be quite lucrative. That is not a startup company in most cases, right? Right. There, there's very rarely there's staff, or if there are, they're just sort of like production staff behind the scenes doing some stuff, handling admin, whatever, right? And so we see these these influencers, you know, being very open about everything that's happening, or they're at least alleging to, right? But again, going back to your point, that's a cost of one, really, right? It, it's just them that that impacts, right? It endears them to their audience, but it doesn't impact their staff or their ability to continue to run their, their, their revenue. I'm not even going to call it a company at this point. But I think that some of this push towards like people saying, like, you know, we should be more transparent, we should be more transparent, is that they're seeing examples of this. But I would say those examples are very mal-aligned with startup companies, right? It does not work the same way here. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, bravery is being the only one who knows you're afraid. Yeah. And I think about that all the time because I think about it when a leader of anything, really, has the incredible job of being able to keep their shit together while everyone else is terrified. Yeah. Including right? them. In, in, oh, including them. But that's the difference, right? I mean, that's what makes a leader a leader. A leader can be terrified and still operate, right? Now, this isn't, the, again, this isn't the same as being this, this robot that shares no emotion whatsoever. Correct. It's not that either. But I think it comes at its core with understanding that we have a fundamental responsibility in how we share that other people just don't have. Right? It's just, it's not as simple as us being able to say, well, look, I just want everybody to know exactly how I feel because that's, you know, that's what I think is best. It's like, mm, that isn't necessarily what's best. It's, it sounds good for you, 
but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good for everybody. Now, everybody's situation is different. This isn't a one-size-fits-all strategy. This is more of a one-size-fits-most strategy, right? Some people have a different style, and it works. You know, sure. their relationship with their staff works. Their type of business, they make it work. I get it. But generally speaking, I feel like this is one of those things that as a leader of any type, you come to understand with time. And founders definitely get a crash course in this. You know what I mean? For sure, right? I, I remember you giving somebody this piece of advice specifically. And you know, it's, it's not about being dishonest. It's about recognizing that their frustrations can't take priority over the needs of the, of the companies. Right. Great point. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's really a, a key takeaway here. And I think then it's also important to talk about, so why do we share? W what is the actual purpose, right? The purpose isn't to be honest or optimistic, right? That's, that's just the, 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 the modality, right? And that's the, the, the methodology that we should use, the, the fundamental underpinnings of how we communicate it. But why are we actually doing this? And I remember in that same conversation, as you gave that advice uh, to this younger founder, uh, you said, what we're really trying to do here, why we're sharing is to protect, not to deflect. Right, right. And, and I, I gotta tell you, it, it's, it's, a something, it's something that people don't really understand until they've been on this job for long enough. And it looks something like this. There's a category of information that if I don't share with you, I'm actually harming you. Yes. Again, if I can't make payroll next week, I'm harming you, right? And, and, and in my mind, there's no excuse for that level of not sharing. There's been horror stories among startups who waited to the last minute to tell their staff that they didn't have money to pay them, right? Oh, yeah. We acquired one of those companies. Yes, we did. <laughs> and, and look, again, I don't think anybody was acting out of, uh, out of malice. I just think sometimes those things do bubble to a head and you know the, the decision wasn't made quickly enough. But my point is, when we're thinking about what we want to be transparent about, we have to realize that there are certain things that if we share, like the balance in our bank account, right? I just want everybody to know how much cash we have. You want them to know how much cash we have now because you just raised a bunch of money. Yeah. Wait till you have 10% of that left and see how excited you still are about, about that, uh, that sharing moment, right? Yeah. It, it works very differently. Or something like, I think everybody should know how much everybody else makes. Cool. Wait until you have hired enough people and you realize that that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> There's reasons some people get paid more than others. There's all of these things that may sound like they work at a small scale. I'm going to share all of my feelings with my staff. Yes, because you have three people that work there and they're all your friends, right? Wait till you have 30 or 300 and find right. out how well that works when people who don't know you are like, why are you crying again? Like, what's right. going on? Is there some bigger <laughs> issue? Let me go to lunch and talk to yeah. everybody else about it yeah. and stir yeah, up yeah. something new. Again, And then you yeah. realize with every tier, you started a whole new problem that you have to solve. Things yeah. get dicey fast. Going back to your example around the, the, the money in the bank, right? Because that, that was a thing for a while where, you know, the, the open books was, was this form of transparency for, for a lot of uh, startups, mostly funded startups, right? Because again, fun to open the books when you know you've got 150 million dollars in cash that you now go get to try not to waste because you're going to have some angry investors if you do but going back to that example so you start sharing um when you've got 10 million in the bank and now you've spent that down to a hundred thousand dollars in the bank 
your staff might get really scared. Now, that doesn't mean that anything wrong has happened. Maybe you're supposed that to money spend went money. to you were supposed to spend the money, right? You've now built an infrastructure, you've hired the people you need, you've acquired the customers you need. Your cash balance is low, but all of a sudden, like this has built the machine that you need to then grow cash flow. But again, without that context, without the understanding, all that looks like is really scary shit. It to everybody else, it looks like we just lost nine point nine million dollars. Right. So we need to get the hell out of here. When it turns out that we're actually at that beautiful inflection point now where we've now spent the money, built the infrastructure, have the customer acquisition machine, have a great operations team, we're ready to service clients, we've got the clients coming in, everything is actually fantastic, but that could send a completely different signal. Right? So again, like it's, it's about having that context and whether or not that's even important. So for example, like why does that bank balance matter to everyone in the company. It shouldn't, right? Um, now, if that means that you're not going to make payroll next week, that is an important distinction, right? Absolutely. Like, it depends on how it's going to actually impact them. I think the biggest challenge that, that a lot of founders have early you know, in their careers is distinguishing the two, Yeah. right? They're like, wait a minute, I don't understand why I wouldn't tell everybody this. And here's, here's another you know, kind of data point of over time, why you just start to realize you don't share everything. What you were just saying a moment ago, you know, how much cash we have in the bank or whether a receivable came in or, or why somebody just got let go, et cetera. You start to realize that for the most part, most of the staff actually they just don't need to know, right? They need to know when they're going to ship a product. They're going to they need to know how to deal with a client. They need to know how to complete a sale, et cetera. That's their role in the company. And that's what they're to get, exactly. they're to get done. Your job as the founder, the CEO, managing team, what, what have you, is to fix all of those problems, right? Exactly. In the same way, I don't need one of the developers sending me the logs from his code saying he can't figure out how to ship something, right? <laughs> Not my job, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, okay, you're being transparent. I thought you were taking care of it. Now you're being super transparent. But yeah. now you got me worried about a bunch of shit I can't deal with. <laughs> hey, I recompiled your code, by which I mean I ran it through the shredder. Yeah, Yeah. no, I don't know. If, if somebody on the customer success team you know, were to send me an angry email from one of our clients and said, this, you know, this person is being a total psychopath with me, I'm like, okay, do you want me to fix it? No, I just think you should know everything. Well, great. Now I have a bunch of information I can't do anything with. Exactly. And now I'm just pissed it off and distracted. What I'm saying is like, not every piece of information moves the ball forward. And, and there's certain things that we do that we maintain, we keep to ourselves for the right reasons. Yeah. Because it's yeah. our job to process all that stuff. By the way, our emotions are on that list, right? Sometimes yes. we have to be the big kid and deal with our own emotions, right? And, and put on the big boy slacks and go deal with it. We don't always get the opportunity to just pour our hearts out and everything that's on our minds and pretend like nothing we just said has any impact whatsoever because that does not end well. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. 
It's everything we have to offer, from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin. That's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later.